Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Saturday Night Supper Club podcast. This week, we're hearing from Paula Waterman, the founder and leader of Supper Club, as she finishes out our sermon series, This Is Us, the message titled Intimacy with God. Paula talks a lot about what it really means to have an intimate relationship with the Lord, kind of demystifying what that means, and just talking about the relational closeness that we're supposed to share with God that turns us from being just good people into really powerful people. I hope you enjoy. intimacy with God. I've spent the four, these four weeks in January kind of laying the foundation for what we're all about here. Not every um, church or organization has the same kind of values, but I wanted to kind of articulate what we're doing here, why we're doing it, and we, it's kind of an organic thing we figured out as we go. So if you'd just pray with me and I'm going to open up. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for this message, Lord. I pray, God, that it would be received. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint the words that people would understand what true intimacy is and not get confused with um, religion or anything like that, Lord, that you would just be here amongst us. Teach us, Lord, reveal yourself to us and bless us, God, as we pursue you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I thought about um, this particular subject, <laughs> Sarah and I meet on Tuesdays and we, we try to think of catchy ways to advertise stuff, you know, and there is really no catchy way to advertise this. Intimacy is what it is. Um, I, first, I thought about presence, but presence is such a vague and kind of overused word. and It's hard to explain to people. Um, you can ask Chris, I've got on our mirror at home, I've got some things written in my mirror about um, different core values, and one of them is presence. I, I, want to, I want to feel and experience the presence of God, but that's really hard to articulate, so I'm going to articulate it in a way through intimacy with God. I think intimacy is easier to talk about, maybe, and maybe pin down a little bit, but I feel a little bit insecure about talking about intimacy because it's something I'm still pursuing myself, and a lot of times when I've heard people preach about intimacy, I've felt um, inadequate or not good enough or somehow missing the mark when it comes to intimacy with God. A lot of people talk about intimacy with God, and they seem like they've got everything together, and they're super hyper-spiritual. Maybe they spend three hours a day in their prayer closet on their knees doing, you know, war room kind of stuff, right? And so I'm like, who am I to talk about intimacy? Because that's not me for sure. But one thing I have come to believe is that sometimes you have to do something before you've actually arrived, Right? Like if we want to lose weight, we don't say, well, I guess I'll go on a diet when I've lost the weight. We say, no, in order to lose the weight, I have to go on a diet. Or instead of saying, you know, I will work out once I'm already ripped, as Chris would say, you don't do that. We have to work out to get ripped, right? And so intimacy with God, we have to start somewhere to get where we want to go. So the same is with me. So I'm starting this, even though I don't feel super secure about this subject, I want to talk about it. So there you go. There's my vulnerability right there. Um, so some of you may know, I was raised, um, if you've heard my testimony, I was raised in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor, and he was a pastor of a congregational church. How many people know what that is? By show of hands. Two people. Nice. Okay. Um, in American Protestantism, there's probably 500 de denominations, but congregationalism is, this, is the sister to being a, a Presbyterian, 
All right, we've heard of Presbyterian, right? Anyone heard of Presbyterian? Right, okay. That Presbyterian, Congregational, uh, Anglican, um, what, Tim, what would be besides, what would be in that kind of realm? Anglican? Yeah, well, that style of church. No, Episcopalian. I'm talking about high church. I'm talking about high church. High church. Lutheran. Yeah. So that's called, that's what we call high church. High church, I mean, that's just kind of a colloquialism, but high church represents a type of church where there's a lot of liturgy. There might be a lot of ritual. There might be um, a heavy emphasis on tradition or even what? Catholic, Catholic, Catholicism. Yeah, I was thinking of the Protestant tradition, but yeah, Catholicism. This is what we'd call low church, what we're doing right here. Can you, can you guess why? Because <laughs> we don't emphasize liturgy. We don't emphasize tradition. We don't emphasize those kinds of things. One of the things when I was growing up in that, that style of church, and I'm not here to knock that style of church, don't get me wrong, but for me, that style of church promotes a distant way of thinking of God. Does that make sense? It, it, makes, it, it doesn't promote for me a closeness. It, it promotes thinking of God out there, right? Okay. So when I think about intimacy, you know, we think about what, what is intimacy? What's the definition I got from my favorite place, the internet, right? A close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. So when we think about intimacy, that's the relational definition. When we think about intimacy, we often describe it in a spatial way, like I don't feel close to that person. I feel distant. That would be a way to describe intimacy that's kind of spatial. Or I want to have a deep relationship with someone versus a superficial relationship with someone. That's a way that we describe intimacy. So I, I began to think about what does intimacy look like in my own life? And I think about the relationships that I have with my husband, my kids, my friends. How does intimacy play into those kinds of relationships? Because I think, for, you know, to David's point, we're made in the image of God, right? And so the way that I relate to other people is something that God put inside of me, right? And it's a legitimate way to express intimacy. Um, some of you may know the Strengths Finder test, but I, who knows the Strengths Finder test? That's one of my favorite things. There's 34 different strengths, and there's um, four different, like, emphases in those strengths. One of them is relationships. That's my top strength is rela relationships. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to look and see the way that I like to relate to people personally. How do I personally like to relate to people that fosters intimacy and see how maybe I can relate that to God? So how does, one of the things, too, just to think about, is how does God, um, what does he, how does he define intimacy, or what, what does intimacy mean in the Bible? You know, God uses um, the marriage metaphor for intimacy in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the word to know, that God says, I want to know you, or be, the word for know in the Old Testament is also the word for sexual intimacy. It means the same thing. It's the exact same Hebrew word. So there's this idea that intimacy is more than just a head knowledge. It's a closeness of intimacy of an emotional nature. Can we agree on that? 
Jeremiah 3.14 says, this is an example of, of God talking about being a husband to Israel. Return faithless people, declares the Lord, for I am your husband. I will choose you, one from a town and two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. In the New Testament, in Ephesians 5.31-32, through 32, Paul says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am telling you about Christ and the church. So God uses marriage a lot as a picture of intimacy. So I'm going to use that a little bit too. Talk, don't, get, don't get freaked out, Chris, at all. Okay. There's three things, especially when you've been divorced. You guys know I've been divorced. There's three things that I think that intimacy needs to encompass with your intimate relationships, your friends, your family, your spouse, and it's time, intentionality, and trust. And I think the most important one of those is trust. I believe that trust is the very heart of intimacy with the Lord. If we have intentionality, you can have intentionality with anybody, and you can spend time with people, but if they don't trust you and you don't trust them, there's, you're not going to have an intimate relationship. Is that fair to say? If you're unsafe, if people don't want to be around you because you frighten them, they're scared of you, you might spend time with them. You might have intentionality, but they don't trust you. They're not going to share their deepest feelings, thoughts, and fears with you because you're not safe and they don't trust you. So for me, trust is the most important thing I want to have between my husband, my family, and my friends, that I can trust you. And that is a core thing that I want to have here is that we trust one another to take off our masks, take, be real, be vulnerable, and trust each other with who we really are. That is what I believe creates an intimate environment and an intimate relationship. And I believe that's the core of what God wants from us is he wants our intentionality, our time, but most importantly, our trust. He wants us to trust him. And my question to you is, if, as you build intimacy with the people around you, can they trust you? Are you trustworthy? Are you safe? Can people be real and broken and vulnerable in front of you and you're not going to reject them or criticize them or condemn them? Because if you want to have intimate relationships with your important people, that's the heart of intimacy. Are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy with who they are? Right? Sarah, will you put up a picture of um, Notre Dame? I just want to show you something. This is a picture of Notre Dame in um, Paris. Has anyone been there before? Wow. It's a nice, it's cool. Been there before? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful on the outside? Yeah, show me the inside. There's the inside. When you look at that, now, I want you to think of something. That is, that was, I don't know how long ago that was created. But that's a picture, that's supposed to be a picture of God. A picture, that's supposed to bring us into relationship with God. What does, what does that make you think of when you look at that? Okay, what kind of feelings? But what kind of feelings about God? Warm. Warm. Okay, what else? What, beautiful? What else? What? Regal. Regal. What else? Majestic. Inviting. Inviting. Okay. That scares me, Janet. <laughs> you know what I see? I see uh, majestic, awe, overwhelming, sovereignty, holiness. Okay, for me, 
that does not mean closeness to me. Does it to you guys? Do you feel close? I'm not criticizing that. I'm just telling you what atmosphere can do. Okay, let's go to the next one. That's one of the rose, um, a um, stained glass window. Look how beautiful that is. What does that say? I say creativity from the Lord. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Okay, guess what church this is? Close. What is, it's Quaker. What does that say to you? What, is, what does that kind of structure say to you? Bear. What else? Cold. What else? Pardon me? Arena? Minimal. Minimal. Yes. That one says to me, um, we can't have anything fancy because fancy might be bad or wrong. It has to be real plain. Holiness, maybe? All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, guess what church this is? No. Elevation Church in North Carolina. What does that say to you, you guys? Worship. Worship. Okay. Why does it say worship? Do I need to get tickets? Yeah. <laughs> that to me says modern, relevant. Um, casual. Production. Yep. Production for sure. Who said that one? Production. Yes. That's for me. Anything else? Yeah, millennial. It says millennial to me. Said that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that says millennial to me because look at all the young people there. Okay. My point in all this, you guys, is atmosphere matters. Atmosphere matters. What you create matters. Intentionality, right? None of those churches are bad or wrong in any way, but they are all going for something, right? What we're going for here is intimacy. That's why we sit like this and we have a meal together and we're going for fellowship because atmosphere matters. Not, like I said, none of that's wrong. But for me, I want to have a closeness and an intimacy with God and my people that I'm intentional about every day and all the time. I'm going to go visit those places. <laughs> I'm going to go visit Nader, or Notre Dame, but I'm not, probably not going to go to church there. It's going to be a beautiful place for me to go to, but I probably won't worship there because God feels too far away. And I, I might do something wrong and they might kick me out, right? Because I don't know, like, the right liturgy, right? You know? And then that Quaker place, I'm like, this place is ugly, man. I don't want to go here. God's not ugly. That place I wouldn't go to, just so you know. Sorry? Yeah, I think so. To show his closeness. Why, why is his name Emmanuel? Which means? Right. Because he's trying to say, listen, I'm king, but I'm also right here with you. Right here with you. And I think that's, for me, that's the most important thing. Yes, he's king and he's sovereign. And we can never, ever forget that. But the most important thing for me is he is right here with me right now. For some people, too, they think about intimacy and they think about knowledge as being intimacy, but I think that's two different things. I think that we can hold information about God in our head and our heart, 
but we always act out of our heart. We can know God is good. We can know that we're supposed to trust God. We can know that he wants to bless us, but till we experience that personally in our heart, we don't really move from that place, right? And I think intimacy is something that needs to be experienced in order for us to really get it from our heart. We can talk about intimacy all day up here, but if we don't get it from our heart, we're really not going to walk in it with each other even, right? That's kind of like why I like prophetic ministry, because prophetic ministry, you know, you have, you have the Lord, and I'm so good at this, the Lord saying, I see you, this is my heart for you, and you actually experience him at a heart level. And that leads us to a place of trust, because it bypasses our head and goes straight right down to our heart. Does that make sense? That's why I love prophetic ministry so much. It's funny, though, you know, we try to um, create environments like those churches I showed you, the Elevation Church. You know, there's a thought that if we, if we make a place for revival, if we make a place for worship, that's somehow going to equal intimacy. But I'm telling you, it doesn't. The Notre Dame doesn't bring us into int intimacy, but the Elevation Church doesn't either. Those are just atmospheres. We have to get to a place of trust where we trust God out of a place of our will that is separate from those kinds of man-made atmospheres. You know where I experience God the most? In nature. In nature, right? So sometimes we get confused that, um, what did you say? Right? It's the most beautiful thing there is. Sometimes we get confused that if we go to just the right church, we'll be able to attain intimacy, and it's not like that, right? Sometimes the most intimate conversations you have with your loved ones are not in special places. They're just on the couch or in the car or out for a walk when you're just one-on-one -on -one having a deep, real relationship. It's not about the outside atmosphere. You know, you can go to a candlelight dinner with your husband. You can have all the right... Um, Things. You're going to have candles and wine and good food. But if you don't have intimacy, one-to-one -one trust, that atmosphere doesn't mean anything. Right? So why would we want to pursue intimacy with God? What's the whole point of it? I mean, who gives a crap? Why would we want to pursue intimacy? You know, sometimes, <laughs> what'd you say? Well, I think it's because we were made for intimacy. I think it's because we were made for relationship. You know, sometimes people talk about intimacy and um, it feels really hyper-spiritual to me and feels very elite, like, oh, we should be intimate with the Lord. Make sure you're pursuing your intimacy with God. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Am I doing something wrong? What's going on, you know? But I think we should pursue intimacy with God because he made it for us. We're made to want to have a relationship with God, just like we're made to want to have a relationship with each other. If anyone's been through a bad relationship, and had a loss, they realize how precious are the other relationships that they have. I know that when I, when I went through my divorce, it made me come closer to my, my children more than I ever had before, and I appreciated them more than I ever had before because I knew what there was to lose. And I began to really pursue intentionality and time with my children because I know that could be lost. And I think that's part of what's inside of us. We've been built to have intimate relationships, whether we admit it or not. And I believe with God, we've been built to have an intimate relationship with him. Acts 17, 22 through 27 says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the group and said, People of Athens, 
I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he, gives himself, he, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far away from any one of us. So I believe we were made to walk in fellowship with God and deep intimacy with the Lord. The thing is, what happens is, what is one person's intimacy is not another person's intimacy. You know, that was the big lie that I believed for a long time, is that in order to be, have intimacy with the Lord, I had to, um, again, be in my prayer closet for three hours, or memorize verses like crazy, or speak in tongues, or I had to walk in signs and wonders, or somehow I wasn't experiencing intimacy. Pardon me? Levitate. There, it seemed like there's this big elite kind of standard for intimacy that was really hard to achieve. And frankly, I wasn't interested in that. Like, I'm not interested in spending three hours a day in my prayer closet to, go, to, to check something off the box. Does that make sense? And so as I th was thinking about this sermon, I was like, wait a minute. If I'm made in the image of God, like David Cladfelder said, I reflect, there's some part of me that reflects God in terms of relationship. And I really can't do three hours in my prayer, chain, my prayer closet. I mean, that's just not who I was made to be. I'm not saying other people weren't made to do that. I'm saying that's not really who I am made to be. And so I'm like, how do I pursue, how do I pursue relationships with Chris? We like to watch movies together, you know? Or we like to, you know, have deep conversations. What about your kids? You know, I believe that relationships revolve around three things. What you have in common, like if you have a common a hobby. You know, Bob likes to watch movies. We go to movies with Bob sometimes. Sometimes it's shared trauma. If you if you've shared a trauma, that will bond you together, right? Or shared life experience. If you're in a family, you may not have the same personality, but if you're in a family and you grew up together, that's going to bond you together, right? And you're going to you're going to want to spend time together. But there are things that I don't want to do. I was just told Emma today, bless her heart, she wants to go camping um, out in the wilderness in a tent and sleep on the ground. I said, yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah. I said, sweet girl, I did that a long, long time ago. I'm not doing that anymore. I'll find other ways to build intimacy, but that's not my deal right now. I'll go sleep in a tent, or I mean a, a yurt, and you can sleep outside in a tent, and that will be my compromise. That will be the way that I have intimacy with Emma, but I'm not going to sleep in a tent on the ground. Is that okay? Is that okay that I can be different like that? Because I'm, I'm not in the same place Emma is. She's young and her back doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> she's young and she wants to do that. And she's got energy, but that's not what I want to do. But you know what? That's okay because I'm in a different place. Same thing with intimacy with God. There may be ways that you experience intimacy with God that are completely different than this person over here, and it's totally okay. And thank you. Can we just say that again? You may experience intimacy one way with the Lord, and they may experience intimacy in a different way with the Lord, and it's totally okay. Because your personality, your experiences, and your trauma 
define how you do intimacy, right? Um, you know, Chris and I, we are trying to be really intentional in our marriage. We've gone through some bad things and we're trying to be super intentional. So we pray every morning with each other. Sometimes we're like, oh, what do we pray for today? We've already prayed for it, you know, 10 times. And we still do it because we're going to be intentional about it. We watch that Jimmy Evans show once a week or something on our um, Roku because you know what? We're going to be intentional about doing that. Other people don't have to do that, but that's what we're going to do. Doesn't mean we're better. Doesn't mean they're worse. That's what we're going to do. What are the reasons that we resist intimacy with God, do you think? I kind of talked a little bit about them. I, some people don't trust God. They don't trust him. They think that he's, he's going to read our mail, he's going to punish us, bop us on the head, and we're not good enough, and we'd rather just hide from him. Anybody feel like that or ever felt like that? Some people have made God look weird. Has that, anybody ever felt God is weird? Or following God or being intimate with the Lord looks weird? Has anyone ever felt that? I've felt like God's made to, been made to look weird before. I've been afraid of that. For me, some people are like, well, if you're going to be intimate with the Lord, you better get slain in the spirit. You better walk in signs and wonders. And you better maybe manifest a little bit. Because that's what it means to be, you know, intimate with the Lord. And speak in tongues. And speak in tongues, right? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If that's, I'm not sure I want to do that. That looks crazy. And that looks weird. And I'm not, I'm not real sure what you're doing over there. I'm not sure if that's the Lord or just you. Anybody feel that way besides me? Because we're getting real here, right? Some people don't want to have intimacy with God because they're simply caught up with things in this world. And they can't be bothered. Some things, some people don't want to be intimate with the Lord because they're caught up with things of this world. And they can't be bothered. It's too much work too much sacrifice and they don't see the benefit in it for them intimacy with the lord is not worth it i would say to you these are the same people who might not think intimacy with other people is worth it or that having a good marriage is worth it or having good friendships is worth it but i believe we were created to have a relationship with god and a relationship with other people that's close and intimate, and that we can trust. And, I, and that's something I must stand on. So here's the thing. If we're going to have an intimate relationship with our family, we have to work on it. We have to put the time in. We have to be intentional. And we have to be trustworthy. And it's the same with the Lord. If we're going to have a good relationship with the Lord, we have to put the time in. We have to be intentional. And we have to trust Him. We have to trust Him. How many people here say they have no problem trusting God? Yay. With, with everything. You have no trust problem whatsoever. Oh, wow. I, I'm scared all the time. I pray for trust all the time. One thing I pray about is, you know, that scripture that says, Lord, I believe you help my unbelief. I pray, I pray to trust God all the time because I battle with fear all the time. 
So if you guys can trust him all the time, good for you. But for me, I have to make that a choice of my will every day. I have to say, Lord, I choose to trust you every day with my situation, even when I don't see what you're doing, even when I can't see the future, I choose to trust you. That, to me, is the cornerstone of intimacy, is when I say, I'm going to trust you no matter what. I'm going to choose to trust you. I believe in you, and I believe your promises are good towards me. Here's some of the promises of God. He will never leave us or forsake us. He promises goodness. He will make our path straight. He has good plans for us. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. He will supply all of our needs, and he gives us peace. Those are just seven promises. There's probably hundreds in the Bible. But those are important things to me, and I want all those promises. Because God's heart is good towards me. And if there's one thing you know about me, I'm about you guys' destiny, and about my destiny, and about your destiny. And I believe intimacy with the Lord is connected to your destiny. If you're going to walk in your destiny, if you're going to be who God's called you to be, you're going to need to pursue God in intimacy because he has those rewards for you. He has those promises for you that are released out of intimacy, are released out of knowing who God is, trusting God, spending time with God. I don't care how you spend time with God. Do it at night. Do it during the day. Jesus prayed at night and in the morning. Some people are like, oh, you should always pray in the morning. I'm like, you know, I'm real tired in the morning. Sometimes I pray in the morning. Yeah, sometimes I pray in the morning. Sometimes I pray at night. Jesus prayed in the morning and at night. One thing he did do was he prayed a lot. He went away by himself into nature, to the mountaintop, and he prayed a lot. He was intentional about it. We need to be intentional about our spending time with God. Do, go out, take a walk, and talk to the Lord. Do a Bible study. Do a group. Whatever is your personality, however you've been made in the image of God, that's how you pursue God. Some people do it with art. Good for them. Some people do it with their um, personality. They lead a group. That's how I like to pursue God, is leading groups or empowering people. Pursue God the way you've been created to pursue God. Are you going to speak? Are you called to speak in tongues and walk in signs and wonders? Do that. Do that. That's what you're called to do. But whatever is inside of you, whatever is the uniqueness inside of you, you do that for your intimacy with God, but don't do it for anybody else except that's the way that God's created you. And we'll just do this little thing together, which we call intimacy. We call low church here at Saturday Night Supper Club as we trust each other, as we invest in each other, as we're intentional with each other, and we're going to grow in our intimacy with each other and with the Lord, and together we're going to achieve that destiny that God's called us to. Can we agree on that? All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that you do want to have an intimate relationship with us based on who we are and our personality, who you've made us to be, not anybody else. But you want us to be ourselves with you and to trust you and to believe you. Lord, we believe you. Help our unbelief, God. And Lord, as we are intimate with you and pursue you, I pray, God, that we would be intimate with people around us, safe people that we can trust and who would trust us and that we can have real relationships that would push us to the next place, push us to our destiny, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you care about us, that we are world changers in this room. We are world changers. 
You have a call and a destiny on each person in this room to expand the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, thanks so much for listening to the SNSC podcast. We care so much about community here at Supper Club. We would love for you to stop by if you're ever in the Castle Rock, Colorado area. We meet every Saturday night. We have worship, an amazing message from one of these speakers, and we serve a free meal. For more information, you can go to SaturdayNightSupperClub.org. Have a great week.